Billing. Get ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket. Rocket to the next generation of search engine optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars. Happy Valentine's Day. Frank, would you be my Valentine? Of course, man. Even Google has a love scene. A couple of dinosaurs or alligators or something. Day four of Pangolin Love. Welcome everyone to the SEO Rockstars. This is Chris Boggs on this Valentine's Day 2017. Happily joined by my number one Valentine forever, <laughs> Frank Watson. My Aussie How are you doing, Valley. my friend? My Aussie Valley, I call you. There you go. Pulling it on. George is our true Valentine. He's everyone's Valentine. Thank you. It's true. George is available to be everyone's Valentine. That's awesome. Across two different uh, channels on cranberry.fm. Thanks for joining us today. We are going to talk about some SEO. It seems that we're about a week into a unconfirmed Google algorithm update. So we're going to spend the first segment today talking about some of the chatter in the industry, as usual, led by Barry Schwartz, who uh, probably knew before anyone knew. He probably, his big toe probably itched. And then next thing we know, everyone's talking about an update. So I have seen a lot of volatility, and we'll talk about that in a minute, Frank. I'm curious as to your uh, personal um, experience so far since the 7th. But uh, according to um, uh, here at Search Engine Land on February 13, 2017, uh, Google, no comment on possibility of a February 7th algorithm update. So um, many webmasters and SEOs are noticing some significant uh, changes in Google search rankings algorithm, which um, typically translates to their rankings changed. Uh, so there is, um, unrelated to the unconfirmed link algorithm change from earlier in February, which was another bit of chatter that I'm not sure that we totally have talked about yet, Frank, and maybe we should quickly chat about that as well. But, um, this one seems to be more related on content and quality versus link factors based on, uh, as usual, I'm sure, a very broad overview that Barry has done across a number of different sources uh, of chatter. So um, we can talk about, um, he actually has a link to a search engine uh, a journal, I mean roundtable, sorry, um, post from the same day where he's got links to the Webmaster World and Black Hat Forms threads, and we are going to talk about that in a moment. But Frank, at a high level, what is your uh, opinion of uh, what's going on here? I think, you know, I realistically from what I've seen of the areas that I my go-to areas when people start talking about, uh, you know, uh, algorithm update, 
there has been some moves, <clears throat> um, you know, in the financial services area and a few others, and it, it seems like uh, quality of content is, you know, I've been looking at some of the results that are around for some of the terms that I'm really familiar with, and it does appear like uh, Google is starting to index a lot more uh, detailed content, content with definition, content with, you know, a lot of explanation. Uh, the, it was interesting, we talked just recently about how uh, longer articles weren't being effective, and, and yet what I'm seeing in the financial services area is a lot more in-depth articles are starting to pop up higher in the search results. So that's something I haven't seen specifically in, in what people are talking about, but that's what I'm seeing as an individual. Well, you know, what's interesting, too, is, um, I, and it's interesting that you honed in on the financial services area, because one of the areas that I like to go check, and by the way, in the article, they do cite that their uh, Mozcast, uh, Rank Ranger, and AccuRanker, uh, and others all showed evidence of an algorithm update. So something did happen, um, you know, based on tracked rankings, and, and these tools monitor a whole number of, of different uh, keywords and where they're at. But one of the ones that I like to watch is from back in my days, back in the day, uh, you know, mid 2000s to uh, early 2010s, I was working with uh, an agency and we worked with Nationwide at that point. So auto and car insurance was a big one for us. And it was pretty common, you know, the top three, but there's been a shakeup definitely. And, and I haven't checked it a lot recently. But one thing that I notice especially for auto insurance, is for the broad term auto insurance, I'm seeing a lot more deeper pages. Like it used to be Geico homepage, Allstate homepage, Farmers, blah, blah. But every one of the results that I'm getting now are uh, the auto-insurance ASBX number one from Allstate, uh, farmers.com slash auto at number two, um, Progressive, State Farm, Geico, Liberty, and Nationwide, and this is for auto. And then on car, there's always a few different nuances there. And uh, I'm seeing Allstate, Progressive, Farmers, Nationwide, then Geico. So basically what that tells me is that Geico uh, has dropped down a little bit. But um, I'm sure that there'll be some reports coming out from our friends over at Search Metrics and some of the other tools uh, that monitor this as well, Frank. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and you know, on my side with the Forex trading, what I've seen is there are three uh, particular pieces that are prominent that have what is in them. You know, what is Forex? What is Forex trading when I did a search for Forex trading? So, it you know, that whole, uh, it may be that Google is starting. And, and I also noticed that they have an information box and that people also ask. Is a lot higher up, and I haven't I, I haven't done any searches to see if that's the case with others, but it just seems like maybe it's because of they're making a move towards audio where people are asking questions, or uh, you know that we mentioned one of the pieces we're going to talk about later is about near me. So I think maybe Google is moving towards like that question response, and they you know I didn't have a chance to check to see if. Uh, schemas in there to impact you know the this question part of searches or whether it's implied because obviously i didn't write what is in front of my search but what is seems to now be a lot in a lot of the uh title tags 
So. What it is, what it is. You know, it's funny. I was looking at uh, trying to trying to discern a few trends across. There's, um, um, I, I, I'm actually a paid subscriber to LinkDex currently, and I use them for a number of my clients. And um, I was looking at, you know, trying to find some trends. And one thing that it, it struck me is that some of the terms that were much, to me, more uh, a little bit longer tail and more clearly defining what the client does. And in a couple cases, especially with local uh, clients um, and, and checking also in the mobile rankings in the area versus just Google, uh, you know, Google.com, I'm seeing uh, seemingly an increased uh, efficiency and, and even efficacy of rankings in terms of the terms that are really much more closely related to what the page is about and and that ranking going up. So uh, from what I'm seeing, it, it, it's another improvement not only in the algorithm but probably in the machine uh, learning behind the algorithm and the ability to determine and better decipher the content that's on a page, both by the content and also by the signals that are pointed to that content. Yeah, and I just I started to do something because you mentioned an auto, and you know I just for me just typing in auto, the first thing I got is Auto Trader, which obviously is vehicle related, but it also has the trade mention. The second one is automated forex trading, auto chartist, and then automated trading. So. Maybe they're also doing something in the, uh, you know, the fill-in, the auto-suggest uh, area as well. That because I remember at their I/O last year when they were talking about the audio part of asking questions, where when you asked something that was related, they took it as you wanting to qualify it from your previous search. So. You know, anyone that's listening may want to start doing some of that and have a look at what's popping up in the uh, auto suggest. Uh, so it may give you ideas of, of associated terms and just the direction of how they're going with uh, this algorithm if it change if, if you know it stays in place. Agreed. Listen, we got a, another one over at Webmaster World. So obviously, this is continually growing news. And as I mentioned, we'll get some good reports out here. Obviously, if you're an SEO or if you care about your organic traffic and you've been taking a vacation so far in February, you might want to go check things out and, and see how things are. Uh, you might be pleasantly surprised. Uh, from an analytics perspective, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing no drops, which is always good. Um, and, uh, you know, that's what you want to look for. Uh, really, you know, when these kinds of things happen, you should have something in place. I did a presentation years ago at a CS and I had this, um, this mnemonic device to try to remember what to do, you know, in, in case of emergency. Right. And, uh, I, I think it was prepared or something like that. It was stolen from one of the ones that was actually used for emergency planning and stuff. And, and the point is, is that, you know, you should always be ready uh, for things to change when you're playing in the SEO field. And especially if you are taking any shortcuts or uh, easily uh, trackable kinds of tactics that could end up being swiped away. There's another thread, Frank, that you pulled up in your awesome curating uh, from Webmaster World where uh, Robert, Rob Charlton, great guy, uh, pulled uh, and split a thread around some discussion around uh, – Weird traffic signals in Search Console. 
Google yeah. updates and SERP changes. February 2017 is the title of the thread, but it, it seems to be a little bit of a, a slightly different topic around um, some of the traffic dips and, and potentially even reporting dips that were occurring within the console in January. Now, I personally didn't notice any glitches, but I want to go try to replicate some of what this thread is suggesting. Yeah, no, the one good thing about this, it opens with a sort of how-to checkoff list to see if uh, your website has, you know, been impacted by anything. And, you know, it says to use the time span of 90 days, select all metrics, group by countries, uh, and then sort by impressions descending. So you can start looking to see uh, what your normal pages were maybe three months prior and what was getting traffic and whether or not that there's been a reordering of that. Yeah, that's a good good insight because a lot of the times if your impression numbers drop for some of your popular pages, it's generally, you know, unless it's maybe 10% or 15%, you know, that, that could be just people aren't searching for that term at the moment that was driving your traffic. But if the numbers get a little bit higher than that, then you start to have to look at and say, okay, where are you losing it from? And unfortunately, the only way you can get sort of any idea is through uh, Google Search Console to, to get an idea of the queries, et cetera, and, and what sort of volume you were getting from those. So, so mean, I'm trying to do it. And look, time span last 90, select all metrics, group by countries, and sort by impressions descending. I think I skipped the group by countries. Uh, and then top 30, you get a... Um, it's saying that you should go sort by impressions descending. If I'm right, you'll most likely see unknown region within the first 30 results for larger sites and first 10 for smaller ones. Uh, select all metrics group by countries. I just want to make sure I did this right. Um, yeah, see, I get a nut set occasionally. Um, so I'm looking at a very large traffic that over the last 90 days is showing 5.1 million impressions and about 400,000 clicks. And I'm not seeing this uh, particular dip. So anyway, it's worth checking out. Uh, and I do agree um, with you, Frank, that it's got an interesting and, – and are we talking about the same Webmaster World thread just to make sure? Because the one that I'm focused on is that specific test, uh, which I think, by the way, is a cool way to uh, – you know, if you're in Search Console and you haven't started to test the different buttons in Search Analytics under Search Traffic, uh, you know, I personally, my default is to click uh, on or check clicks and impressions uh, and then use queries. And then sometimes I use filters and then I toggle between 90 or seven days or whatever. Uh, yeah. But, um, you know, I think there's some other really cool things to look at here, right? To look for these kinds of trends and, and any outliers. Uh, you know, if you look at the average CTR, for example, it seems to climb in this one that I'm looking at over a certain period. Uh, and, and then you would expect, based on all the research that was last year, around CTR improving rankings. And, and ironically, there are more clicks and impressions after that period that the, that the CTR rose. So, um, you know, that kind of research uh, using this tool and just really looking at the one screen can be very valuable. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, without 
having the reach of someone like such, such metrics to be able to, to, to grow conclusions, it's a little tough for individuals. But, you know, I mean, there was one, uh, Nutteram in this one, talked about how uh, that uh, December algorithm change was real. And uh, he talked also about how some non-SEO-created backlinks like forum mentions and media articles lost their weight as if these links expired which is interesting. Mm. Uh, that could be another reason for uh, the loss of quality. Quality, you know. Of it just expires. <laughs> you had one really good link and then it expired. Yeah. But you know what uh, I mean? A, a I agree. quality content will get decent links and those those will be from the right places. Whereas ones, you know, the lesser quality that are being propped up by SEO work of whatever the color or hue uh, yeah. and then they quote know. unquote expire which means yeah. they're taken down uh then wow imagine that you're losing a little value listen we got to go and hear from our wonderful sponsors here for seo rock stars on cranberry radio so stay with us and we'll be right back with you here on seo rock stars on this lovely valentine's day We'll be back with more SEO rock stars right after this. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. 
All right, we are back. You know, one of the great things about mobile first is that, you know, it, it, it brings SEOs really full face on into the user experience and, and, and we, we SEOs can no longer just be focused on putting keywords and titles and so forth, those that did that. And, and they have to really uh, begin to understand the importance of the full experience, right? And and I think this article that, that you curated from the SEM post from February 9th is a great uh, dive into a bit of a mobile segment we're going to have now. Google doesn't expect full navigation in mobile first pages. Frank, one of the things that, you know, it can be very cumbersome in a mobile experience. And this, by the way, is by Jennifer Slegg at the SEM Post, uh, February 9th, um, is if you have a really huge uh, navigation that uh, that accordions down and then you have all your categories and everything like that, it's not really something that lends itself well to the mobile experience, is it, Frank? No, because, I mean, you get the little three-bar thing, you press that, and all of a sudden you've got seven screens of your <laughs> phone to scroll through to find the thing that you want. Yeah. Such yeah, an annoyance. Yeah. And the and, other side of that is I've seen some desktop now where you only get the little three thing on the upper right. And it's like, if I'm on desktop, I want an actual top nav at least. I don't want to have to go find <laughs> a three thing. And, yeah. it's you know, there's the two extremes, right? Yeah. I think that is the, you know, people that have gone whole hog over to the mobile side and don't really care about desktop. And that's what is showing as opposed to the other people that are going, yeah, I don't need to have a specific mobile site. I don't need to think about it. And, I, and we really do. It's about the user experience, unfortunately. And, and fortunately, really, I mean, if you're smart about it, you need to provide a website that's easy to navigate, that e that's easy to do what you want people to do on it. And right. to do that, you've got to adapt to the screen size. You've got to adapt to you know, the different technologies that are available Mm -hmm. and, and make sure that you're, you're up there and, you know, coming across it for a desktop, for example, one of those old, old websites, uh, people come and go, ah, what's, what's this? And they'll hit the back button and look for the second search result to, uh, to determine whatever it is that they're searching for. Right. You know? And then the other thing is too, there is, you know, people, um, you know, you still have to use the navigation, right? You can't get too minimalistic about it. And and I think that it helps to guide Google, too, as to which page to rank. Because we just saw in, in the example we talked about before the break, where it seems as if Google is very willing to rank deeper pages now rather than home pages of these mega sites, at least from that sample that I was looking at uh, for a term like auto insurance, which, you know, used to be more dominated uh, at least a few yeah. years ago by the home page. Well, in the mobile experience, by all means, you would expect that Google is going to want to bring people, uh, you know, to the, where they have to do the least amount of clicks, whether or not it's a nice, clean navigation or not. They want to bring them. So that being said, if you, you know, if you are minimizing your navigation, it's great. But keep in mind, uh, from an SEO perspective, that you want to use your primary categories probably as those navigation buttons so that, you know, you can get some more of those non-branded category level terms with those pages. And then use internal linking in the content to uh, right. specific other areas. Yeah, I, you know, that seems to be the most successful way for a lot of like really quality e-commerce websites are doing at the moment. So 
You know, yeah, the link blocks at the bottom too, and and making yeah. those unique and useful for a user. So we're di we're as as SEOs will uh, we're spinning off a little from the article, but uh, just to quickly summarize the article as well, John Mueller is covered in in a webmaster office hours is talking about. You know, they, they do focus on the primary content of the page, which is why people go to this page, which is mostly textual, so blah, 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 blah. You know, you should try to uh, expect the content to be the same across mobile and, and desktop, uh, but the navigation can be scaled back for user experience. The other interesting part of this article is about the main part of the content for AMP. Um, we just had actually... Uh, a recorded session that I did yesterday with Aleda Solis and is going to be airing next Tuesday, uh, the 21st of February. Really looking forward to it. And sorry you weren't able to join us, Frank, but I know work is very busy these days and I was just able to get away. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about AMP uh, in that episode with Aleda. Uh, but one of the things is um, if you're making AMP pages and you have a main piece of content, Mueller suggests that you make sure that you use that in the AMP page as well versus trying to use like a little teaser in the AMP page to make it even more streamlined. For example, let's say it's a video is what he says. Uh, put that content in the AMP page. So I think it's interesting that Mueller and, and Google is going to have to start to come out with these qualifying recommendations because what I expect is SEOs were like, okay, apps got to be really streamlined. So let's create, you know, stubs and, and, and then try to bring them back to the real page, which will make as mobile friendly as possible. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, you know, that's, they're going to have that issue. I, you know, the surprising part about it is it's got to be below 40% uh, people that are actually using AMP pages. I, I mention it to people all the time and they're going, ah, we have responsive design. So uh, the Google push for accelerated mobile pages isn't quite catching on as they thought. Well, it would. we'll see. And and again, uh, the conversation I had with Aleda, there's a lot of reasons why you know it should be done, I think. So um, I, I would say your number is probably pretty generous, 40%. Although... When I did a search uh, during the Super Bowl, um, it's about all that I saw, both across the carousel and, and the regular results. But we digress again a little bit. Let's move on to the next topic, which is also um, mobile-related. And this is from Search Engine Watch, Rebecca Sentence, uh, 9 February 2017. What's been going on with Google's mobile indexing? Um, and this is a nice little kind of review in terms of uh, what's been happening uh, with the indexing, according to uh, some conversations on Twitter, as well as some nice data in here, Frank. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they talk about how desktop pages uh, have, in some cases, are overranking uh, AMP pages in mobile first results. So, uh, I mean, that's. I think they, you know, there's there's some interesting conversation. They, you know, this is pretty well done. They've grabbed some stuff from Mozcast. They've grabbed some exchanges done on uh, Twitter, and you know, it's just talking about how people are starting to notice that you know I've got AMP pages, but my desktop page is outranking it. Uh, you know what's going on, and you know they talk a little bit about canonicals and and things like that, uh, and and what you actually have as your primary pages. So, uh, yeah, so there's an example like kind of down about a fashion retailer uh, 
The UK US mobile page ranking first in the UK mobile search has been replaced by the UK desktop equivalent. Uh, and and it, it just it seems unclear. And then there was a, a request on 8 February sent to John Mueller. Hi, John Mueller. I'm seeing desktop websites appearing on Google Mobile instead of mobile websites since February 1st. Is it normal? The reply was, yeah, it looks weird. We noticed too and are looking into it. Seems like a quirk on our side. So um, it, it's it, according to this article from the 9th, it was ongoing. Uh, so it's it's interesting. Uh, who knows? Maybe if something that happened on the seventh was partially as a result to try to fix this, but I doubt that the two were connected. But yeah, uh, see, they they mention in here that that Google recommends a bi-directional tag. A rel equals canonical. Rel equals alternative. Alternate. So you know, to seems like a duct tape. Yeah. No. Exactly. It's. They don't have the ability to you know, self be self-aware of what's in, out there in the index, or is this because we've got it? You know, we do this stuff and we put it into a uh, sitemap. And Too many people trying to fix it in Search Console or with their SEO theory, or yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And and then the problem is also is these in so many cases, you know, not only are you dealing with a mobile versus a, a non-mobile version in some technologies, but you're now um, dealing with um, people that are trying to you know fix it and 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 in some cases i think that they're overdoing it uh and in and in some cases it's the technology itself right that's causing these issues too because they're the ones that are creating um duplicates of mobiles right it's like now when you look in the crawl errors in google it's amazing when you download those uh you know it's it's be it's becoming almost a, it's still about 60 40 I, from the ones that I've seen recently in terms of the errors that are being generated on desktop versus mobile, but there's a lot more yeah. sort of separated mobile errors in those crawl reports than there used to be. Exactly. And when you click through, the page is actually there and things like that. And it's like, but uh, I think the uh, they need to dial back the uh, the intensity of that crawl a little. Yeah, they, they is it fast track indexing versus normal indexing? That's a great seg, Frank, uh, yeah. to the February 13th search engine roundtable discussion from Barry Schwartz. Uh, is in a video hangout last Friday into the aggressive common question of why does a page or URL show up in Google's index for a couple days or so and then drop out, especially new URLs that were not indexed yet. So that's kind of the fast track indexing is it kind of a test a yo-yo type of a thing frank yeah well i mean that used to be what everyone would call the welcome to google uh, uh drop into the free sandbox yeah. yeah exactly but i mean now apparently what what this article mentions is that if you uh use the uh index tool to uh to add a page <clears throat> it'll it'll get that fast track but it won't hang because then Google filters it through everything else and, you know, realizes where it is. You know, the, obviously, there's going to be some pages that would go through that process from, you know, high ranking. What if it gets a couple quick, quick links? Yeah. It gets some buzz. Exactly. You know. You have it, to almost it, time that. Like like, for the right people, it would be self-fulfilling. You is get it time to, to do SEO real-time link building, Frank? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As soon as it goes live, okay, link builder, you have three hours. <laughs> give yeah. me give me some link juice. Exactly. Link juice. Uh, 
but it's interesting to know that you know there are different ways that Google um, filters the, the the results. You know, the fact that stuff that's coming in through you know an index submission versus something that they find independently versus something yeah. that they happen to crawl yeah. through a sitemap. Right, you know? and honestly, that's the part of the regular signal too. I kind of jest and laugh, but. You know, depending on what kind of content you are, it will make or break you. If there's a thousand uh, news outlets that are publishing something, I would expect that that real-time growth in links is going to be, um, you know, pretty big there. Uh, listen, we need to take another break, Frank. Any last quick word on this topic uh, before we hear a word from? No, our it's just something sponsors? you know. Read it to be aware of just the the flexibility and the different directions indexing and and is coming from. Awesome. So stay with us here on SEO Rockstars. We'll be right back with you. We'll be back with more SEO Rockstars right after this. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Content for your ears and everything in between. Cranberry.fm Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars. We are jamming on Valentine's Day 2017. We're talking about our loves. He loves us some SEO. <laughs> Things Absolutely. to do near me. That's what I love too. Uh, that is quite a quite a 
love affair right now. Uh, it's a great article from Andrew Shotland over at Search Engine Land, and I th- I believe probably that he's going to be taken to dinner by Expedia and a few other competitors of uh, Travelocity. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Travelocity will take him to dinner. Uh, uh, Expedia will take him to dinner because he kind of outs TripAdvisor at the bottom. I don't know, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the article is Things to Do Near Me SEO. Uh, Calamus Andrew Shotland at Search Engine Land on February 13th takes a look at the near me phenomenon and shares data that helps illuminate how to rank for these queries. So um, I, I think it's an interesting strategy. And, and, and frankly, I'm a little bit surprised, uh, you know, jumping down to uh, what – uh, TripAdvisor's doing popular types of foods and restaurants near you. And then they have, you know, about popular cuisines, popular restaurants, other food and drink nearby. And they all say near me, African food near me, British food near me, Cajun food. This is very Forrest Gumpy. And to yeah. me, um, should have gone out actually in terms of uh, the value or, you know, to me, if I, if if I'm a, an algorithm that's taught to look for low-quality content, that's one of the signals that I'm looking for is a repetition of something like that, especially if it's anchor text. But I guess if you're a big brand, you can get away with it because we see this happen all the time, not as blatantly as TripAdvisor, but I use examples from other big brands and how they use these link blocks. It's just what we were talking about earlier on, Frank. Oh, exactly. And, and you know, the, the funny part about it is the article itself, you know, Andrew is actually recommending add near me to the title tags of your location pages, add near me and popular keyword variants to the text of your pages, add near me to the anchor text of the internal links. So he's taking. I don't think it makes sense. No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you know, and the other interesting part about it is, you know, both of the links in this article are followed links. Two, and there's only two of them, and they both go to Andrew's uh, website. <laughs> Interesting. Sorry to add so you good there. SEO. <laughs> good SEO. You, uh, but you know, it's funny. It's a paid piece. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is it sponsored? No. But the point is, uh, there's a lot of points, right? But uh, I agree with your point. Um, you know about the. I don't know that it's right to put near me in the page title, right? Unless. It is, uh, you know, it's a question. I mean, some people, I guess, you know, what's the best Asian food near me? Well, then I would expect if, you know, everything was perfect in the algorithm and machine learning world, then that the type of a page that could have that title would be a, a neutral third-party review site of people that happen to be living in the same, you know, 20 or 25-mile radius of you, right? I mean, there's no real site deserves that or page deserves that title unless it is a neutral sort of uh, reviews type of a platform, Frank. Yeah, you know, and I mean, like you mentioned earlier, the influence of uh, what Google sees as maybe authoritative sites or just sites with a crap load of content, you know, Wikipedia, Yelp, TripAdvisor, et cetera. These, the, all of these places have huge amounts of content, which, you know, Google obviously gives a doff of the hat to for just putting in the effort and getting that much content that helps them with all sorts of variations of, of, of any particular type of search. 
And, you know, that's that's the problem. You know, wh why wouldn't it be near a specific location? You know, they're using the near me because the near me is being used in the search. But how do they differentiate? You know what I mean? Google has the ability to realize where you are by your IP address or your GPS on your mobile phone and actually know that you're in a particular location. So you don't need the near me. You'd be better off having the near whatever the location is. Or does Google just, is there a, a fine filter there of like, okay, the search is near me. These guys are located because I see a location thing further on their location page about where they are. So it all aligns with the stars and they're going to get the better ranking. You know? Yeah. So it's, um, you know, yeah, Google shouldn't need the, the near me. Well, that's the point. Yeah, that's why they have personalization and localization. And frankly, I think this is an area where SEOs could jump the shark if they get too near me about content. I think we're in a, agreement on that one. Let's yeah. jump the shark on over to Search Engine Journal, a great article from our good friend, Martini Buster Roger Monti. Uh, who's a VIP contributor to the Search Engine Journal. Uh, this article is actually a great uh, bit of research and insight into Penguin and Google's Penguin algorithm. We're only going to be able to hit on a couple highlights of it uh, since we're getting short on time here, uh, but really it's worth the time and, and, and reading about it. Um, and then you'll probably follow and, and, and look and see some of the other stuff that Roger's uh, written on this. We talked last uh, thing that we talked about, Roger, was a great keyword piece that he did in uh, Q4 of 2016. So, what Penguin is not is Penguin a trust algorithm. It is not. Is Penguin, does it use machine learning? No. It does not. Does Penguin use statistical analysis? Nope. The answer is not. All these are nots, right? Um, and, and why it's significant that it doesn't use machine learning, um, I think, is, is an in, a good argument that uh, Roger puts here in terms of when we as SEOs are trying to decipher, uh, you know, staying out of Penguin's way, <laughs> right? This, yeah. um, you know, link-based spam features that uh, it's not, you know, Penguin's not about learning how to identify spam by statistical signals such as percentage of inbound links that contain an anchor text, ratio of in-links, ratio of out-links to in-links, edge reciprocity, um, and, and that has to do with uh, edges and, and uh, hubs or nodes. Uh, but the point is that you know, that kind of data, it's, it's more tied to machine learning, right? And uh, we know then that since it's not machine learning, that and, and Google said that and they've confirmed that in October 2016, Gary Illich confirmed it, then we know that it's um, a, a, a few things that it may be, Frank. And what is it, possibly? I'll let you do the fun part. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, I... I I need to reread this because it really is that in depth. And, and but I mean, they're talking about link direction and spam detection. You know, they're they're using the information that they've got. Uh, it's so uh, you know, it's worth the read. And and honestly, it's a long scroll, and and it's really uh, and there's some great um, additional examples that he gives in a few. Uh, and, and, and talking about seed said, yeah, this is something that I'm actually going to waste the paper on printing out so that I have some printed material to have with me on vacation that's starting in about 
uh, three minutes. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go actually on to our next and last topic of the week, uh, which is actually from MediaPost.com. Lori Sullivan, a longtime uh, expert in our industry. I'm assuming it's the same Lori Sullivan. Yeah, it is. Uh, Google warns journalists of state-sponsored email phishing attacks, Frank. Yeah, I mean, I just threw this one in because of all the things that are going on at the moment. But, you know, it's interesting that Google is saying, like, watch out for uh, their noticing. And, and the one thing in this article is that they are recognizing that there are email phishing attacks and that they're, you know, email sponsored and stuff. And this is not with people complaining about what's going on. This is them realizing it through how they sort of skim over the content of every email, you know, they, that they can filter it into spam or they can do this and that. So they're starting to see stuff. Why don't they, you know, you know, they send out warnings as opposed to why don't they just stop it at the door? That's my question. Google, you recognize it, but you're still pushing it out there for the possibility of some journalist to open it because he's maybe not as savvy as you are tech-wise, and, and all of a sudden things are going wrong. So, yeah, come on, Google. Mm -hmm. Don't just warn people. Why not put up a big, you know, six, uh, 60-foot fence around these people that are trying to get into your email you're the one that technically owns it. We're just borrowing it. There's my rant for the day. <laughs> That's a great rant. You want to hear a follow-up rant? Yep. Is the search engine journal, I can't print. and it, it pulls ads and stuff over the other text. And whenever, whatever try, way I've tried to go to a print. So oh I guess long are the old, gone are the old days when you can print something. I guess it is a good point. I can just keep my phone nearby and favorite this article so that I can slowly work my way through it. Speaking of slowly working your way through things, make sure that you have a wonderful Valentine's Day this evening for those of you that are celebrating. And uh, for those of you that aren't, uh, drink on, party on, and work on. And Frank, it's been great. Uh, next week, as I mentioned, we'll have Aleda Solis. Uh, I'm interviewing her on the subject of AMP as well as HTTPS and her sort of remoter SEO lifestyle, which is, I think, uh, a lifestyle that a lot of SEOs like. Um, so make sure you listen in to that, Frank, and others, and uh, have a great week, my friend. Uh, rock Enjoy on, everyone. the vacation. I'm sure you'll uh, be hitting the links with your son. So uh, Links and tennis. We're going to do a little go. both this time. Okay. Family tennis and golf with the son. There you go. Cheers to all. Rock on. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. Prohibited.